Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. This is Hey Human Podcast with, you guessed it, Susan Ruth. So today's episode, super cool. I sat down with uh, Brock Hayhoe, and Brock is so cool. First of all, he's a ballet dancer extraordinaire. Uh, I've seen uh, pictures and footages of him. Footages? I don't know what that means. Footage of him leaping in the air, all the muscles doing all the muscly things. Amazing. Uh, I know that word gets overused, but seriously, you leap into the air 100 feet and look that good. I think that actually is amazing. If you're listening, my dear friend Ellen Severe, I'm using that word. Okay? Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> Brock, uh, I, I met Brock recently for the first time. However, I had seen Brock performing uh, at a club here in Nashville. Only Brock at the time was Brooklyn Heights. Yes, Brock is a phenomenal drag queen. And she was so good. Oh my gosh, incorporating all the ballet and the dance into her act. its She's extraordinary, really. One of the best drag queens I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen a lot. Um, Brock, Brooke, hails from Toronto. Uh, uh, Brock, as Brooklyn Heights, won Miss Continental 2014, which is a humongous deal. Um, she has, or he has, sorry, now I'm getting confused. I'm not really confused. He, Brock, has traveled all over the world as a, a ballet person and um, ballet dancer, not ballet person. Lordy, it's, you know what? It's always late when I do these and my brain gets all fizzy and stuff and words don't make lots of sense sometimes. They do in my head, but then I try and spit them out and for you all to hear and well, all bets are off. Anyway, so Brock, super cool. Uh, hung out with him at his apartment and had a great chat. Uh, there are links on my heyhumanpodcast.com website. I mean, that's not the whole website name, not my heyhumanpodcast.com. That that would seem super possessive because really it's your Hey Human Podcast website, even though that's not what it's called either. It's actually called heyhumanpodcast.com. So I hope you go and check it out because every week... I put up links for the you know about the people I speak with and and converse with and chatter with and all those things. I have a thesaurus in my hand right now if you're wondering. And uh, anyway, and I also put things up about other really interesting humans or humans of history and that such thing. So follow me on Instagram.com/slash/HeyHumanPodcast. I'm on Facebook.com/slash/HeyHumanPodcast. You can find me on uh, the iTunes, the iTunes. I said the A-Tunes first. Did you hear me say that? Like the A-Team, only with tunes. I pity the fool that don't go to the iTunes. That was the worst Mr. T impression ever, but that's okay. Anyway, iTunes.com. Go to it and uh, under their podcast section, uh, it's under Hey Human. So go check it out. Rate and review it, and listen to it, and subscribe to it, and pass it amongst your friends, and your enemies, and the people you love, and the people you don't love, you know, give it to everybody, you know, subscribe for your dog, and when you leave the house, hit play, and then your dog can listen to me, uh, 
talk. Email me at susan at heyhumanpodcast.com with your dog's name and I will mention your dog so that he feels like I'm talking to him or her. Anyway, enough of the rambling. Uh, You can find Brooklyn Heights performing in San Diego and the California area uh, between January 18th and January 23rd. So seriously, check that out. Uh, And uh, the Instagram for Brooklyn Heights is B Heights. That's B-H-Y-T-E-S. And uh, Brock, of course, is on Facebook as well. Again, go check out heyhumanpodcast.com. All the links are there. Go to play Nashville to see Brooklyn Heights being a badass. She's so good. That's all I have to say about that. Let's get to it. And here we go. Hey Human Podcast, number 25. And Brock Hayho. Hi, Brock. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm well. See, it's not infallible. I'm going to be a total dork on this thing myself. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Um, Thank you for being on the show. Of course. Thank I really you for appreciate having it. Me. And your cats. Are, and like my cats are running around. We're going to talk to them later. They'll talk back. Yeah. Especially this one. Yeah. Henry is the chatter. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. Thank they really you. are. I love them. Yeah. I love awesome. animals. So, Brock, hey ho. Yes. Is your name. And your it game is. is you are an exceptional <laughs> drag queen. Thank you. Yeah. I saw you. Um, ouch, uh, for the first time at play, mm-hmm. and you did a Sia number, which you probably do that one a lot. Of Chandelier, now. yeah. Yes, and oh, I was blown away. I'm like, this thank is you. not a normal drag queen. I mean, they're all fantastic. Yeah, you were like cut above. For oh, sure. thank you. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I wonder if he'll talk to me. Of course, I love talking to people. And you said yes, which always makes me happy. And then we finally got to actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you leave for Europe soon. I live for Africa. I leave. Oh, on, for Africa. Yeah. Not Europe. I'm, not Europe, no. I'm going to Africa on... I fly there on Monday. I used to live there in my early 20s okay. when I was um, like 19, 20. Actually, yeah. no, 20, 21. Yeah. I danced there for two years. Okay. And one of my... Uh, one of my uh, the ladies or the girls I danced with and I lived with, she's one of my best friends. So yeah. I go back almost every year to visit her. This is South Africa? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cape Town. Yeah, cool. Yeah, the most beautiful place on earth. So, and you're from Toronto. I am. Yeah. I did a little research. Mm. You're actually kind of hard to Google. There's really? really? Well, there's a million pictures of you. There's just not a lot of articles but about you. There's not me. a lot of actual conversation about you. No, you know, there isn't. Yeah, I read a couple um, just to. You know, I had to dig deep into the web to find, uh, I love your Barbie. That's oh, thank awesome. you, my showgirl Barbie. That is so great. Someone said that looked like me, and I was like, oh, I, could see I don't that. know how, but okay. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, and so I, I got a little, a few tidbits. I know that you studied ballet, mm-hmm. and um, and you ended up, you were principal in a couple different... Yes, I will. I, was, I studied ballet at the National Ballet School of Canada for... Gosh, six years, I think. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I moved to South Africa. What? Why? I know it's very... My whole life it's has random? been extremely... My, literally, my whole life has been extremely random. Like, yeah. everything that's happened to me is just so... So, the, the story is, I was... I think I was 14, and I had just started doing jazz at, like, a local dance studio. Uh-huh. And I had just auditioned for, yeah, jazz figures, the whole thing. (laughs) And I was doing, I was literally doing jazz one hour a week. I was doing ballet one hour a week. Okay. And I had just auditioned to get into the local arts high school. And I auditioned for music theater and I got in, which is hysterical because I have the worst voice ever. 
So I was there. I did grade nine at this art school while I was doing all this musical theater stuff. Yeah. And this I, is Toronto. This is in Toronto. Yeah. And I had a friend who, who was auditioning. She was in the dance program, and she was going to the National Ballet School of Canada to audition for the summer intensive program. Mm-hmm. And how it works is you do the if you get into the summer intensive program, then you do that, and if they like you, they accept you to the full year program. And like. It's a really hard thing to get into, like, thousands and thousands of children audition for this. So, I, she's like, you should come! And I was like, sure! Why not? So I told my mom, and she was like, okay, you're not going to get in. I'm like, well, go do it, whatever. And so we went. She didn't show up. So I went... Are you kidding No, me? she didn't show up, so I went by myself. Good on you for doing it anyway. And I, like, literally, like, I had almost zero ballet experience. And I got in to the summer intensive. Oh, my God. And... I was 14, mind you, like way older than everybody else. And then I somehow got into... Were you already a tall drink of water or were you still I was in the midst of my lovely growth spurt. I I grew like a foot in like a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I got in. Yeah. And then I somehow got into the full year program. And I started in grade 10 at the age of 15. Were you just thinking, okay, I guess this is my life now all of a sudden? Well, I just like, it was weird because I, before dance, I really didn't, I never had like a passion or anything like, so, or just something even to like focus on. Yeah. So it was great. I really loved doing it, but it was just, it was more of a challenge because like I had to overcome all these obstacles and because I started so late. Oh, These kids have been doing it since they were five years old and I was 14. Right. That is a big deal, especially in the world of ballet. Exactly. But I had, I was lucky enough that I have a really good physical physique for ballet. Yes. Which makes, which makes everything easy. (laughs) I've seen pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Which made, which made my life a whole lot easier, but it was still very difficult. So. I, I was there. The, it's an academic and ballet program, so it's a full-time school. Like yeah. People come from all over the world. Like the New York School for Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was there. I was I was there for three years. I graduated, and then they have an intensive program called IDP, or it's called PSP or something else now. PCP? Af- yeah, something. Post-secondary <laughs> program. Yeah. After you graduate, that you can do if you're not ready. Yeah. And I wasn't ready. So I did that for two extra years, and then... From there, at that point, did you say this is going to be my life? Or were you well, yeah, I was sure? like, I was like, if I'm doing this, I might as well. But I mean, I, I was, it was really frustrating because I couldn't like accidental hero. Yeah, like I just felt, I felt like I was constantly just playing catch up to everybody, and I don't know, and I was never, and to top it all off, I was never really interested in like the male rep of being a ballet dancer. Like I always wanted to like be the woman, be the gorgeous uh, yeah. ballerina. Yeah, and that so that that was always kind of in the back of my mind. And then during those two years of um, intensive training, I did audition for companies and I never got in anywhere. So that was also kind of like a blow to your self-conscious confidence. Sure. And then my last year of IDP, um, a Dutch choreographer named Rudy van Dansink. What a great name. Great name, right? He's wow. actually the founder of the Dutch National Ballet, which is one of the best companies in the world. Wow. And an amazing choreographer. He came over to the school to set one of his most famous ballets. It's called Four Last Songs. Okay. It's to um, It's by... Richard Richard Strauss or Richard Strauss it's opera and it's these four opera arias and mm-hmm. it's the most beautiful mm. beautiful ballet in the entire world and it's four couples and it's their these it's um spring summer fall and winter and like it's their, Baldi. yeah it's their interactions with death oh wow so it's a very dark piece yeah. but beautifully done um and I played he cast me to play death and I was also the that set. was your first big role then. that was my first big big role every year the National Ballet School of Canada does a spring showcase and it's like the big thing of the year because yeah. all the kids get cast and the casting goes up it's all very dramatic 
people cry because they didn't get what they wanted. Some yeah. people aren't in it. And I was never really in it because I was never good enough. And then all of a sudden, bam, I was like the lead. Wow. And it was crazy. So I got to do second song, which was one of the potatoes, the partnering parts. And then I was also deaf. And that really changed everything for me because Rudy was the first person on like an international scale, someone who was actually knew what they were doing, to come in and say, you're good. I like you. So being that the whole time you were, again, sort of an accidental participant and you just kept going with all these opportunities, were you freaked out big time or were you just like, I "I can do this? I, with that, I could do it because it wasn't, I think what freaked me out more so was really classical, classical ballet, like the white tights and the prints and the, Mm -hmm. because that's so. The nutcracker stuff? Yeah, because that's so cut and dry and you're, I've just felt so exposed. Mm Mm-hmm. But with this, it was more neoclassical, so it was more contemporary, still classical steps, but it was presented in a more, like, Modern you had more movements. freedom and yeah. more, it was more dramatic, which I also, I always loved doing the dramatic roles. Like, anything dramatic, I was there. So would that be more like a fluid body movement as opposed to the rigidity of, you know, you see a lot of ballet and they're, they're very, they're almost yeah. like they're pirouetting on a music box. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, you are still doing, you are still, like... It was very much classical ballet technique, but there was just more fluidity in the yeah. arms and the movements, and there was just more drama to it, mm-hmm. and you just didn't have to be, like, smiling and, like, presenting the girl. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I gotta throw people around and, like, hover over them, <laughs> yeah. like the angel of death who was lovely. So cool. Yeah, and I love dramatic shit like that, so yeah. I was all I was all about it. Is this a YouTubeable thing? I don't think it is on YouTube. Ah, but you can, you can YouTube the music. It was so... Ugh, it was just amazing. It was wow. the most amazing experience. There's a... I don't know where that poster went. There was a poster. My mom sent me a poster of me as deaf. Yeah, and I, I want to say it's in here, but I. That'd be a good one to put over the bed for for dating. (laughs) Right, (laughs) that's me, by the way. I think I got ruined in in transit or something. Yeah. But yeah, that role really changed everything for me. It gave me confidence, and I can't thank Rudy enough for what he did for me for that. But anyway, that's not the end of the story. So that was my final year of the school. I also did not get a job after that year. So you're now about 18 I'm... 19? I want to say 19, 20. 19, 20, okay. I still don't have a job. Very frustrated. So I decide I'm going to go to Hamburg, because they also have a great ballet school in Hamburg. As in Germany? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm... Never just... heard of it. Yeah. I'm going to go to Hamburg for the year. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I decide. And everyone's like, that's a great idea. So I go to Hamburg. It's sort of a random... Is that not random? Welcome to my life. Okay. It is. It made sense at the time because uh, the ballet school in Canada has a very close relationship with the ballet school uh, in Germany, mm-hmm. so it was kind of an easy... Mm-hmm. This, they just made a phone call and they said, yeah, you can go. So I went to Hamburg, and I was there for, ex- I think, like a week and a half, and they called me into the office, and I got a phone call from Mavis Staines, who's the artistic director of the National Ballet School of Canada, which I had just left. So I call her, and she goes, hello, dear. I just got a phone call from Rudy. He's in South Africa. And he's doing the four last songs, and he doesn't like any of the dancers there, and he wants you to come down and do the part of death. Okay. Random, right? Like, and, like, South Africa, at this point, like, South Africa, I never even, I didn't even realize it existed. I didn't even know there was a place. Like, in Africa, and I didn't know there was a South Africa. So I was like, okay. So I called, so I got in contact with Rudy and the people in South Africa and I was and I said I really wanted a job at this point. I was like fuck school. I'm done with this. I should have probably stayed at school a little bit longer, but I didn't. So I said I'm only going to come if they give me a year contract. They give me a work visa, I give me a year contract. I'm not just coming for 2 months to do this and then That's very sensible. Yeah. Yeah. So I said this is what I'm going to do. So they said yes. 
So exactly three days later, I was on a plane to South Africa so with all of crazy. my belongings. <laughs> And I stayed in a little bed and breakfast for two months, and then I had to find my own place to live. And yeah, it was just nuts. Uh. It was nuts. So I was in South Africa. Rudy, I was there with Rudy for like three months, and then he left, and I never saw him again. And he passed away oh. several years later of cancer. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's hard to lose a mentor, I think. Just... It was really hard. Yeah. It was hard, especially because after I was in South Africa for a couple of years and I was a, a soloist there and I did a lot of principal, I did all principal roles basically because mm-hmm. I was tall and there was this girl that nobody wanted a partner that they let me partner. <laughs> Why was she evil or something? No, she was just difficult. Uh, she was old and, yeah. but I'm really glad I got to work with old her. Old in ballet means what, 30? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she was just like, she was, she was difficult. Yeah. She was, she wanted, everything had to be a very certain way. Mm-hmm. And, but, um, I'm really glad I got to work with her because she taught me a lot. Yeah. At a very young age. But there, I was there for two years and I was so poor because they didn't pay anything in the ballet company there. And I was in Africa. I was, Africa was great, but Africa's not fun when you're poor. Nowhere's fun when you're poor. Nowhere. Yeah, for sure. So, and I'd always really, like I said before, I'd always wanted to do the female roles. Mm-hmm. And, um, ever since I was in the ballet school, I learned about this ballet company called Ballet Trocadero and they're based out of New York and they do, they're an all male ballet company and they dance on point and they dance as the ballerinas and as the men. So it's basically drag ballet. That's so cool. Did you, wait, did, had you studied point? Cause it's a different style, is it? It's, um, I, yeah, I had a pair of point shoes in school and I had like fucked around, but yeah. I never really done anything serious. But again, like my body was just kind of, I could naturally do everything. Yeah. Like it was just kind of easy for me. Sure. Especially the girl stuff. Yeah. More, way more, the, the girl stuff more so than the guy stuff actually. So I You're probably a ballerina in a past life. I probably was. Yeah. So um and I so I discovered this company and I had actually gone to New York and taken class with them before I had gone to Africa and all that stuff. And the director really liked me and he said I would love to offer you a job, but unfortunately getting an American work visa is very difficult. So what I would like for you to do is I would like you to go away get a job somewhere else, get some experience, build up your resume, save all Within your Within the US? You, you just, anywhere. just anywhere. Just okay. um save all your programs, anything with your name in it, newspaper clippings, all that stuff, and then come back to me. So you can set a precedent. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. So I was like, okay, I can do that. So I went to South Africa for two years. I did all that stuff, did interviews, did everything I could. Were you then... working at the same time? Yeah, I was doing... with the ballet company. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, since you said I didn't pay a lot. No, no, no. No, I you was... were strictly dancing. I was just dancing. Yes, yeah. okay. I was dancing like five days a week. Is it like... Black Swan, where all the dancers lived together and stuff? Or? No, I lived with two of the dancers. Okay. Yeah, but we all kind of hung out together yeah. and were poor together. Yeah. And there was, like, a couple dancers who had, like, rich husbands, so they would, like, throw parties, and we'd all go over and be like... <laughs> Take home doggy bags. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It was very sad. <laughs> hey, it's this art. The dancer life, right? Yeah. Um, so... I kept in contact with him. After two years, I had enough stuff. I sent it in. I got my work visa to the States. Mm-hmm. And I went and joined, I went and moved to New York and joined Ballet Trocadero. And I danced with them for four years. And we toured. I was basically traveling all over the world for four years doing ballet. Did you try and tend toward the female parts then? Well, yeah. Like, every you had to. Oh, okay. Like, it wasn't... Like, everyone did the female parts. Okay. And right. the male parts. Like, Same I did... I partnered sure. a lot... I did a good mix. Yeah. I, I partnered a lot of people because I was really tall and I was a really good partner. Yeah. So, I was lifting... I could lift all the boys over my head and all yeah. that stuff. So, I was the partner a lot. And then I was always the tall, pretty soloist girl, which was all I ever wanted to be. So, I was quite happy. Oh, great. <laughs> but after four years, I was exhausted and my body hurt and the rep doesn't really change with that company like the ballets we do kind of 
they've been doing the same ballets for years and years and years, and mm-hmm. they're great, but if you have to dance them every night... Sure. It, like, it wasn't as fun as it, I thought it was going to be by the end. Yeah. And I really loved doing drag, so I didn't really know what to do at this point, so I was... Did they consider it, uh, did they consider it a drag ballet, or did they, is it just sort of the they, way Like, English it was supposed to be comedy, to... like, it's supposed to be comedy, but of course I didn't want to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be pretty. Well, because there's a huge, you know, there's a, um... In England, for example, the men often in theater played yeah. the women. The, the women didn't get to be yeah. in the theater. I can't remember if he liked it if he said it was drag ballet. It essentially was, because yeah. I mean, we were dressed as girls. It was sure. drag. Yeah. But it, he was always very adamant that we were men. Right. We were men dressed as women. And like he liked it when we didn't shave our chests and had like hairy armpits and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. And of course, I was like, huh, no. so there was sort of a satirical element. Oh, completely. Okay. Yeah, it's very. If you can YouTube Ballet Trocadero on YouTube, and you'll see, like, okay. it's, it's very funny. I put links on. Oh no! What's going on? Hold on. Oh, thank God! I thought, thought my, it stopped. I thought it stopped. <laughs> We've just been talking for hours. Oh my God! I would have had a panic attack. Um, <laughs> um, I'll delete that out. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, satirical. So, so there, there was that element. So that was definitely something that he was. Oh, the director. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it was, and it worked. It was people loved it. it was, yeah. It's an insanely popular ballet company. It's very big in the dance world. But just for me, pers- like I, I've never been funny on purpose. Like I can be funny, but it's just it's never like. Like, haha, slapstick. Like, I'm not that kind of funny yeah. person. And I'm, I I just wanted to be a beautiful ballerina. Yeah. And I could be funny once in a while, but for the most part, I just wanted to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, like, my humor is very dry and very, like, kind of self-deprecating and, like, eye-rolling. and English. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that didn't work for him or I don't know. Yeah. But I had so much fun in the company. I met so many cool people. And I, like, there's some absolutely hysterical people I met there yeah. just watching people be funny on stage and just the stuff and a lot of the jokes that are in the ballets are jokes that have actually happened and then they're the director was like that's so funny keep that in like mistakes people have made on stage oh, wow. and then they'll keep it in yeah. and like stuff like that so that's it's so cool, cool to watch to see Dance that evolve improv. yeah totally <laughs> it's so really cool. cool to see it evolve that's and... a lot of um, freedom for mm-hmm. a creative I feel like yeah absolutely yeah it was it was a really cool experience. I'm very happy I did it. Again, I got to see the world like for four years. Literally, we were just traveling nonstop. It was crazy. But by the end, I was like, okay, I need to do something else. Is this where you learned to do such extraordinary makeup? Was through that dance? Class? That's where it started. Okay. I mean, I'd always been dabbling in drag since I was like 19, but very badly. And like with Ballet Trocadero, like we would do our stage stuff, and then we would go out sometimes if we were in different cities. We'd go out and drag, but we would never perform. We would yeah. just go out and drag to be pretty. And yeah. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, um, I've, so I've been playing with makeup for a long time. Not very well until recently. Like, it took me a long time to, I, I'm, I tend to take a long time to, to learn things. It's okay. <laughs> I like to take the hard way. I yeah. like the long, difficult Although, road I mean, to life, get places. Life likes to help you, though, it sounds like. You're, yeah. You're definitely given doorways. Yeah, absolutely. Want. I've been giving very strange doorways. Yeah. So after, um, is this okay, this long, I arduous... Thing of my life. Okay. I think it's fascinating. So after um so after four years of Ballet Trocadero, I've been wanting to leave for probably two of the four years because I was just burned out. I was burned out and I also hate I've discovered I hate having a boss. I hate <laughs> working like I I'm so independent and I'm so I have such a problem with authority so much of the time, especially when people just say this is the way it's gonna be and that's what no mm-hmm. no, no explanation. I need reasons for things. True. So I was 
I was like, I just really want to leave, and I want to do my own thing, but I didn't know what, and I, I, I decided, I was talking with my friend in Toronto, who's a, a drag queen up there. She's actually my drag mother. She gave me my name, Brooklyn Heights. Her drag name was Fahrenheit, and she's one of my very good friends. I was talking with her, and I was like, I kind of want to move home, and she was like, okay. I was like, do you think I can make a career doing drag in Toronto? She was like, absolutely. So I was like, okay. So I moved home in, I want to say the summer of 2012. And by January 2013, I was doing drag full time mm-hmm. in Toronto. As your own boss? Yeah, as my, like, doing, like, I was booked at all these different bars and I'd go in and do my show and mm-hmm. make really good money. <laughs> so I was, I started doing that and then I wanted to get into the pageant and I won a bunch of local drag pageants in Toronto. So my name, that's what got me booked so quickly because mm-hmm. I came in and did my point thing and people loved it and mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I gotta say that that's really. It's so cool Thank to you. Because, you know, you don't see that very often. No, yeah. You don't see a drag queen that is uh, the abilities that you have. You just... Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't happen It's astounding often. on two... Well, on several levels. It just it looks really neat, you mm-hmm. know? But it's also to see those muscles at work, the beauty of the line of the body. And, yeah. And that sort of juxtaposition of masculine feminine. Because mm-hmm. your brain knows, oh, this is a man, but... You know, it's just, I love it. The whole way, the yeah. whole way across is so cool. Yeah, it's fun. So I, um, then I decided I would, I wanted to start doing pageants, uh-huh. like in the U.S. And U.S. Drag pageants. Drag pageants in the U.S. And the, the drag pageants in the U.S. are far more serious than drag pageants in Canada. They're so? They're just bigger and people take it more seriously. Like nobody in Canada, there's like bar contests, which there are in the U.S. too, but that's all there is in Canada. There's just like... Yeah. A bar contest here, a bar contest there. You win a couple hundred dollars. In the U.S., it's like... Big time. We're going to spend $10,000 on all this stuff, and it's a lot bigger. So, And they have, like, national pageants. So I decided to do this one national pageant called Entertainer of the Year um, in Louisville, Kentucky. Ironically. Yeah, random. Um, so I... <laughs> I think of that as the drag capital or anything. There's a lot of drag, actually, in the South. The South yeah. is quite big for drag. Yeah, I guess so. So I went to, um... Dolly I, Parton is famous. Exactly. Yeah. She's a drag queen. Yeah, absolutely. So I went down and, um... I did a prelim. You have to do... For these national pageants, you have to go win a preliminary. So that's like winning... If you're going to do Miss America, that's like winning Miss Ohio. Okay. So I had to go... I went down to Louisville and I won a prelim down there. And then a couple months later, it was nationals, and I went down to nationals, and I got first runner-up, which was a huge—that's a huge deal for us because no one knew who I was. Right, I was for brand first new. time out the gate. Yeah. So, um, and from there, someone um, someone spotted me, and they said, "We want you to come do this other pageant called Miss Continental." And Miss Continental is like the biggest of all of them. It's like the biggest drag pageant in North America. Mm-hmm. And this the, this person, her name is Mocha Montrese. She was a former Miss Continental. So she called up the owner and said, I have this girl I want to bring to the pageant. And the pageant was literally four weeks after I had been first runner-up at EOI. And, can, and she's like, can I just get her appointed? Which means I didn't have to do a prelim. They were just going to appoint me to a prelim that wasn't able to have a prelim that year. So basically, they gotcha. said, yeah, you can come. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, sure. So, I and I was like, oh, okay, like what, just whatever. <laughs> so I showed up. Hilarious. Four, I, I, very hilarious. I showed up four weeks later, and I got first runner-up in Miss Continental, which was an even huger deal because we were like, what? Like because people literally do that pageant for like ten years. Did they want to just snatch your wig right off? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> 
I'm sure, and I, I know a lot of people weren't very happy with it, but it yeah. was what it was. Is it a pretty competitive? Are the girls hmm. can be people, intense? People literally, some people literally spend twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars to do this. Pageant. It's like the um, the baby pageants. The oh yeah, totally. Tiara completely kids or whatever. They people spend so much money; it's ridiculous. Wow. So, what, what, give me an example of what the grand prize and something like that would be. Is it cash or? Um, I got. I think six thousand, six thousand dollars, nice, six seven thousand dollars, which is nice, but it's not doesn't come close to what I spent. I mean, sure. I spent probably double that. Yeah. So, well, I didn't actually. I did personally didn't. I did fundraisers and I okay. made a lot of money, but like new sponsors and stuff. Yeah, like I, it cost a lot of money for me to go and do it. Um. So I, I got first runner up that year, and that really put me on the map with yeah. drag, and especially in the states. So then the following year, I went back and I won. So cool. I know. Was that was 2014? 2014, yes. Yeah, amazing. So I won in 2014, and then I mm-hmm. went from there. Um, the owners of uh, Play mm-hmm. Nashville, which where I now work, were in the audience. They go every year. And they saw me, and after I won, they asked me to come down for a weekend, just to, like, for a booking. And I was like, sure. And I came down, and they were like, so, once I got here, they are like, so would you be interested in, like, moving down here? And at this point, I was living in Canada, and I really wanted to get back into the States, because there's just a, there's just a, a larger market for sure. the States down here, and there's RuPaul's Drag Race, and all these other fun, exciting things are happening with drag down here. And, and I'd kind of done everything I could do in Toronto at that point. Mm-hmm. Plus, I had all of these preliminaries coming up that I now had to appear at as Miss Continental. Oh. And I was very worried, and they, like, none of the promoters were, were going to fly me from Canada to the States, so I would have to get myself to the States, like, to Buffalo, and then they were going to fly me from Buffalo to all these different... Mm-hmm. So it was just going to be very messy and hard, and I didn't want to cross the border with drag. That was stressful. Really? Why? Well, just because, like, it's, like, if they ask questions, like, what are you doing with all this, like, women's clothing in your <laughs> your luggage? Do you feel like that people would be weird about that, or...? Absolutely, and I mean, that? it never happened to me, thank God, but I have, I've heard stories of it happening to friends, and just... Really? Yeah, and then, like, I just didn't want it, like, I was just very stressed about it. I'm a worst-case scenario person, so I was yeah. like, ah! So, then, so I went down for this... I bet, first of all, that statement cracks me up, to say that you're a worst-case scenario person, considering oh it sounds like your entire life has been beautifully charmed. <laughs> it, it, I know it sounds like, it, it, probably, it really has, I've had an extremely blessed crazy life but i'm i am always i'm always so worried and pessimistic about things i'm always like oh my god the, the world's gonna end any second yeah i'm i think that's why i'm always so prepared i'm always yeah, very like good. but yeah i it does not escape me that i've had a, a really cool life so far so this so i went down to i came down to nashville in i believe it was november of 2014 Okay, so not even that long ago. No, November of 2014, and I was in Nashville for one night, and then I was at Play Louisville for one night, and mm. they said, we really like you, do you want to like call me two days later? They're like, do you want the job? And I was like, sure, this is how it's going to work. I need a work visa to the state, so you're going to sponsor me for it, you don't have to do any work, I will get it, you just have to say that, I knew the whole rose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was like, I'm going to send you this paperwork, blah, 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 so I, I had, and I had just one Miss Continental, so I had more like credentials to my name and by this time I had sh- tons of shit with Ballet Trocadero and Cape Town City Ballet so, it was a lot so easier for yeah you. I had like and I had gotten two O one work visas before this one which are is, they more lenient with the Canadian than uh, and somewhere else I, I would think. imagine they would be yeah but uh, O one work visas are very hard to get that's like what they get from movie stars wow. and like it's and like pop stars and stuff okay. like that so it's not an easy work visa but I've gotten three of them now 
which was crazy. You could teach a class. I could. Year. I could. Well, well my lawyer, my lawyer could. <laughs> um, so I did that. And I applied for it. I think we sent it in the beginning of December. And by the middle of January, I had been accepted for my work visa. So, packed up my life. Fast. Yeah, really fast. I Did you have it. the cats with you the whole time? No, they were they They're were new. Not in the picture. They're yeah, new. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, I moved down here the 2nd of February, 2015. And I've been here ever During since. During the ice. Oh, wait, that was the year before the ice crisis. Oh, we moved in the blizzard. Oh, you did? It, there was a blizzard in Toronto the morning I moved. And my friends were like, well, we can't go. I was like, oh, we're leaving. And it took us. <laughs> it usually takes about an hour and a half to get to Buffalo from Toronto, and it took us six hours. Oh, man. My friends hated me so much. Oh, it's like we driving through down. a snow globe. Basically. Like, ah! yeah, it was horrible. That. Yeah, that is horrible. So, yeah. Um, and then I got down here, and I think six months later, in August, I started applying for my green card. Because mm. I... I with my work visa I was only allowed to work for Play Nashville and I was like well I don't want to just work for this one place I want to be able to travel around and mm-hmm. book other places mm-hmm. so I applied for my green card I didn't think I was going to get it I was very stressed I was going to get it because green cards are hard to get and I was applying as a drag queen but I got it <laughs> and now I have my green card so cool and that's my life <laughs> it's astonishing I know it's crazy I mean it is astonishing it's a really really crazy I've had a whirlwind life so back when you were a kid, maybe even before you you were going to do the dancing before you got accepted to the school, did you think was drag queen in the back of your mind? No, I mean I was I was raised in a very not I don't want to say very strict but a strict Christian home. Like okay. we went to ch- I went to church three times a week and I'm assu- not and to make assuming but I'm assuming you're gay. Yes, so I am. did that have a problem in a Christian family? You know, well I was always very matter. feminine and I was always you could always tell like. Mm-hmm. You know those kids you see, you're like, oh, they're gay. Yeah, sure. And then they come out and people are like, what? That's what happened to me. I was like, seriously, guys? Like, what? But your family was cool with it? They were... They were not cool. They still loved me. I was never kicked out of my house or anything. But they were never like, yeah, you're gay. When's the parade? They were very like, okay, well, we don't think that's right, but we love you. Well, I, very yeah. that kind of... Yeah. So I was like, okay. well, which, love which, was in there. Yeah, which is what I was expecting. Yeah, they were. They, it was always very clear that I was loved and that they loved me. And yeah, they they didn't agree with my lifestyle choices. How about now? Love that, that word. So much time has gone by. Um, uh, it's been amazing. Uh, like my so I have three older siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, you're the baby. I'm the baby. Yeah. Oh, so you get away with more anyway. Oh right? my god, yeah, got away <laughs> with everything. Um, so and my parents were much more lax by the time I became a teenager and mm-hmm. such like I would never have been able to go to ballet school had mm-hmm. I been the oldest I can guarantee you that would have been like a Billy Elliot situation or probably like they would just it just wouldn't have been allowed yeah hi baby hi, so I um my oldest sister is a lesbian now okay she was married with three children oh and then she got divorced and came out as a lesbian and that was the big shock of our family and I was like yes I'm not the bad child anymore <laughs> You're worse than me. But that is so funny. Um so we're really, really close. Yeah. Um, because we bonded over a lot of stuff, obviously. Sure. So she's always been very supportive of me and that happened I think I want to say about six, seven years ago now. Mm-hmm. So we've we've been really close for the last six, seven years. Um And your family's still in Toronto? They're all still in Toronto. My other sister is married, she has two children and she's awesome too. We were never close growing up. Is there a big uh, difference in age? No, me and her were right next to each other, oh, okay. and we we always clashed. Oh, all right. 
because I don't know. I don't know. Too just, much alike or too different? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe too much alike. I, I just think she felt I got all the attention and mm-hmm. I thought she got all the attention uh, and we would just prod each other. We were just those siblings yeah. that just prodded each other and got sure. on each other's nerves. But and she got married and had kids and she's way we don't we don't see each other a lot, but she's she's just relaxed a lot more. I've relaxed. We both grown up and we're cool now. Time is. And then my brother is my brother is next to my oldest sister, and he's cool too. We just have nothing in common. Sure. We're just like, hey, hey, how are you? Cool, good. All right, see you next year. Yeah. That kind of a lot of family stuff. He's awesome. He builds houses, and he's so talented, and he's an amazing carpenter. Oh, but, cool. Yeah, we just got another creative. Yeah, he's we're um. We're all very creative in our own ways, I would say. Yeah. I'm the only... I'm my entire family, I'm the only, like, dancer. Or in that... Do have moves? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> they sure do not. Um, and it was actually really cool um, that you should... Like, my mom... It was weird. My mom always loved the fact that I did ballet. She mm-hmm. loved it. And even when I was in the... Even when I was in the ballet company, with the, the drag ballet company, mm-hmm. she they came and saw it and they thought it was hysterical and they loved oh. it. But as soon as I started doing drag... Not in a ballet company. They got very weird about it. Oh. Because I think it was like funny. It was haha comedy when it was the ballet company. When it was but, a satirical. But it, when it was like serious, they were like. Oh. How did they come around? Well, my dad's just awkward. We don't really talk about it. Yeah. He's whatever. He's just kind of floating there in the corner. Stoic. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. He's just he's my dad. Yeah. But my mom was. It was I've, and I've always been closer to my mom anyway. Mm-hmm. But it was always. Um, it was always just kind of awkward because she would ask about it, but it was you could tell it was always very like, so how's drag? How how are the show? Like everything was just very like, and she would never come and she never wanted to come and see a show, or and I never wanted her to too because I was like, this is gonna be so awkward. She's gonna be so awkward and uncomfortable, and I would just know that she would be there being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and that would make me uncomfortable, and I didn't want that for her, and I, I just had accepted the fact that this was probably the way it was gonna be. Yeah. And then two weeks ago, I have a show here uh, actually every Thursday night. Um, at Susie Wong's House of Yum. How, Susie Wong's House of Yum. It's a dinner and drag show, six thirty to nine thirty. I need to come to that. You do. You yeah. should. Um, and I, my friend Stephen had told me that his mom was coming down to down from Toronto to help him move, and he was going to bring her to the show. Mm-hmm. So he's making this big deal about it, and la la la. And I was like, cool, sure, whatever. So I walk out for my first number, and there is my mom. And my sister, Aww. who drove in 13 hours down to come and see That's me, amazing. and my sister's girlfriend. That's so wonderful. I know. I could, and I was just like, there's a video on my Facebook of it. I was just like, uh, I didn't know what to do. I was like, in did shock. it affect your performance? You think a little bit, yeah, because I was like, I was literally in shock. I was just kind of like trying to perform, and I just kept going, "That's my mom!" <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was laughing and cheering. It was really cute. Uh, but she. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Her and my, I, her and my father are in the in the process of separating oh. after a long, long time. Yeah, um, which I which I think is great, but I won't get in. I, that's yeah, yeah. private. I won't get into sure, that sure. anymore. But it's really kind of, um, it's opened her up, and she's becoming kind of a new person, and she's just becoming a lot more accepting and just interested and like it was so weird to see her there because she was there and she was she tipped me and she was laughing and she was and I did Aww. one of her favorite songs that she was singing along and clapping I her hands that. it was so and it was just weird it's still weird it's what wonderful a beautiful moment. yeah it was really wonderful and um it was just surreal and the whole like she was there for a couple days and we just hung out and I had just never seen her so happy and relaxed and just 
just, she was just happy and just like cool. That's fantastic. It was awesome. Then she sent me a lovely card afterwards and said it was so nice to meet Brooklyn and she's amazing. And mm-hmm. It was just really, really sweet. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so it was a, it's a moment I didn't ever think was going to happen really. So it was really cool. That is a beautiful blessing. Yeah, it was. A, it was. So I feel the last couple of weeks, I just felt very. You must be blessed. flying high. And then I just feel blessed. I just feel very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And you've worked really, really hard too. Yeah, I, I have mean, worked Opportunity really hard. Uh, meets preparation is Absolutely. certainly your tagline. Yeah, I, it's, I'm one of those people that I'm. I think it's the dancer in me. I just never. I, I think it's never enough though. You know, yeah, like, I think I, that's the creative in you. Yeah, that's like, a that's a common creative curse. It is. It sucks because you literally <laughs> finish like like the moment like I was crowned Miss Continental. I was like, okay, cool. What's next? I won. Okay, now what? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I have to get my work visa. And I got my work visa. I was like, now what? Yeah. I have to get my green card. Got my green card. Now what? So what is your? So you mentioned RuPaul's Drag Race, which is yes. awesome. Are you going to be on? I well, I I auditioned for it last year. I did not get on. Okay. Um, I'm auditioning again this year, so okay. we'll see what happens. Okay. And I'm going to do another pageant this year um, called Miss Gay America. Okay. So I'm going to do that, and it's another big Have like you done Miss that Continental. One no, no, it's okay. my first time doing it. Okay. I actually just booked my flight for my prelim as you, right before you walked to the door. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so what is your what is your name aside from those two things? I'm sure being on Drag Race would be incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, what what is the what is your next big goal? What is my next big goal? I wanna. What I've always wanted is just to travel the world doing drag. Mm. I think that's. I would. I love traveling. I love seeing going to new places and doing new things. So I would love. I would love to do that. Yeah. I would really love to do that. I would also. I'd love to, be in like a proper, show or like a theater with seats and like a, mm. a rehearsed out planned out stage show. Can you do that at the Franklin Theater here? I'm sure we could. Yeah. I don't know. I like. I don't know. I like. Even if it's a one woman show or something, I just have to. That hasn't all come into my head yet. Yeah. But it's all. It's in the back of my mind. I would love to do a one woman show. Um, I would love to be in like. I'd love to be in a music video. I'd love to be dancing in it like as a drag queen in a music video. Be cool. I'm surprised you haven't done that. I know. I wanna. I don't know. I just think that'd be really cool for like a major pop star or something. Yeah, that's on my list of things to do. Yeah. Um. There's just so many little things. I just, I love, I love drag. I love doing what I do. I want to, and I make Henry be nice. <laughs> she's biting you. Or he's got me by the, there we go. I had to get my hand back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I want to keep, and the cool thing about drag is like you just, I'm constantly like learning new things and trying new things and trying new looks and trying new makeup ideas. And yeah. Your Instagram so is super cool. Thank you. Uh, it's, uh. I take so many selfies. I feel. So, B-Y. B-Heights. Yeah. Okay. So, B-H-Y-T-E-S. It, yeah. B-H-Y-T-E-S. Yeah. I almost have 10,000 followers. I know. It's a really, it's so cool. It's actually stupid how excited I am. The makeup, um, when you do the, the, the. The transformation. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Because I'm, I'm shit for makeup. I'm so bad at it. Every, <laughs> and when I put it on, I feel like I look, ironically, like a drag queen, but not in a good way. Yeah. You know, it's like how people say that. Oh, That's it's hard. It's, it's, it's taken me a year, and I'm still kind of figuring things out. Yeah. And I work like one of the, one of the girls I work with, uh, Vanity, she's one of the drag queens that play in her makeup. She literally gets ready right beside me. Her makeup is gorgeous yeah like, she's so i'm a very impatient person so i'm not good at sitting there and being like every little meticulous line. and she just sits there and her makeup is like it looks like a picture like it's just yeah. everything how is does so that not pour off of you when you're dancing like that because you guys you work it pretty hard up there yeah we well it's like 
most of the makeup is made to not run off your face, thank God. Yeah. But we also, like, use setting sprays. Set it, and, yeah. like, I spray my face with hairspray. And, what? Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. If this you really don't want good, your makeup to move. Yeah, it's not a good career choice for bad skin. Yeah, people. seriously. <laughs> no. I, I, I have to take very good care of my skin with all the stuff I put on it. How in the world um, do you get that off at the end of the night? I use um, wig sheen. Pardon? Yeah, it's like it's like um it's for it's for wigs and it's like an oil spray basically to like make them shiny, and it, I I spray my face with that because I I glued my eyebrows down with something called Prozade, and it's a medical grade adhesive. Oh. It's like made for pro, like putting prosthetics on your face. Oh my and stuff. goodness, sure. So I I um I glue my eyebrows down with that, and the wig sheen breaks it up. All oh, the oil wow. breaks it up, so you kind of put it in, and then you scratch it out of your eyebrows. And I use like Neutrogena makeup wipes, and I just wipe it all off. And then I come product home placement. Yeah, I come home and I scrub my face with like an apricot scrub. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm really big into facial oils, so I use the Kiehl's oil, the Midnight Recovery Oil. Yeah. I use that every night, and I I really don't use moisturizers anymore. I just use oils in the daytime and at night. Have you ever thought about teaching a makeup course to us poor women who are terrible at makeup? (laughs) The thing is, I've done other people's makeup, and it just, like, I don't like doing other people's makeup. I don't feel it's not the same and I don't have a very steady hand and I know like I I don't know how to do real girls makeup like I can do my own makeup but like sitting there and doing someone else's I just get very anxious I'm like oh my god I'm fucking this up like if I ever had to like like do someone's makeup for their wedding or something like that I would shit my pants (laughs) so how does it work for you personally just to vacillating between uh, Brooke and Brock, do you do you identify more as one than the other? I noticed the pronouns being used are mostly she and her. So, but yeah. you know, you present as a guy. So, is it just more fluid? Is it have? Well, I think I that's part of my appeal is that I'm such a guy. Like I can kind of be both. Yeah. I I um get away from the mic, Henry. Sorry, my cat. That's okay. He's a <laughs> um, curious cat. He's a very curious cat. Um, there was a period in my life where I just, like, wasn't sure. Like, I wasn't doing drag so much, and I was, like, I kind of started thinking, like, am I transgender? Like, am I a girl, really? Because I'd always been very interested in... It's kind of confusing, because I'd always been very interested in drag and female stuff, and I always am. I love wigs and dresses and pretty things, but I started thinking about it, I was like, I'm not, like... I love, I love drag, but just as much as I love drag, I love taking drag off. Like, yeah. I don't want to, and I have no desire to, to live every day as a woman. And <laughs> yeah, I like, I like being a guy. Yeah, and that people people always laugh at me because they see me backstage and I'm like in my costume and my hair and I'm just slumped in a chair <laughs> with my legs spread apart. Like I'm a total dude. They 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 laugh. They're like, you are a dude. I'm like, I'm just yeah, I am. <laughs> I love being comfortable and just casual and yeah. I love. I'm like I'm so excited for this trip because I get to grow a beard. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. So I think the older I get, I'm kind of becoming more and more comfortable in my own skin. I think my 20s, I just turned 30, and my 20s were spent very unsure and confused. and Like most 20-year-olds? Yeah. The rite of passage. I guess. But like literally, like my whole 20s, I was just like, who am I? What am I doing? Like, what's happening here? Like, like, and very confused about, like very, just not even confident in my own skin, in my own body, and like always trying to always trying too hard and kind of overcompensating and do you think that's what maybe drew you to drag in the first place is to become other persona maybe maybe for confidence but then i when you started doing drag like there's a huge not so much anymore but there's still quite a large stigma in the gay community like they all everyone wants 
everyone's attracted to like the butch masculine alpha dog guy mm-hmm. so if you do drag like it's automatically like uh again it's it's getting better and it's not for everybody for for a large percentage of the gay population if you do drag people look at you like oh no i would never That's i would never date like him feminine, yeah maybe? he's feminine he, did, uh, he dresses up as a woman like i would never do that interesting and i think uh, it's also double hard for me because like my performance style is quite feminine and sultry i guess and yeah it's very beautiful like, i'm mm-hmm. a stripper basically i'm a whore yeah, yeah. <laughs> god bless I yeah i love it so i think that also weirds people out because i think it's easier to accept if like you're a drag queen and you're like, haha, can't be funny drag queen and that's just not what I am. That's no. not the kind of drag I like to do. So I think that also weirds people out. Which is fine, but I mean it's just, it's my own it's my own thing and I'm yeah. I like who I am. Is dating hard uh, then in general? I've never had a boyfriend. Really? No. But you're gorgeous. <laughs> I, but I, Not I that that's a reason to date, but I'm sure it doesn't hurt. Well, I mean, I've had sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had sex. I just hilarious. never had a boyfriend. <laughs> but I've liked. If you look you at my life, if you, I've, 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 I've never. No, I've been good. My my good. My my parents instilled a good sense of shame and fear oh. of sex. So oh. I've never. I've never been a real good whore. That's hilarious. I've had slutty moments, but nothing like too bad, Shit. which I'm actually quite happy about. Do you think the reason why you've never had a boyfriend is because of the drag persona? Or do you think it's just you, your time hasn't come? You know? I think my time hasn't come. Like, I'm a late bloomer. Like yeah. I said, I things just come to me later. I, th- I figure things out later than other people. Yeah. So, I think I will. I'm sure I will have a boyfriend. It just hasn't been yet. I don't doubt that you will. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. And honestly, I'm a very independent person. And my whole 20s... Which is hard. It's hard to date when you're an independent. I know yeah. it is for me. I'm very independent. And it... People get made uncomfortable by that for some Yeah, time. and like, I'm very like, okay, it was nice to see you. No. Yeah. Like, bye I bye. Love, especially <laughs> in my line of work, it's so nice to come home and have nobody here. Because, mm. like, you're so, you go to the bar and, hey, social, 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 how are you? And then oh you my come God, home let's take pictures. Oasis. Like, and yeah, it's quiet. Yeah. And I've, I've always loved. The older I get, the more I love kind of my solitude. I love being around people, and I love I that's love a my creative friends. too, though. Mm-hmm. I think that's very creative. Yeah, yeah. I love I love that juxtaposition with my my work life. Yeah, and also my whole twenties of like, if you look at my twenties, I've been here, there, like I've never been anywhere very long. You don't root. I don't root. You're a gypsy. I, I am a gypsy completely. That's wonderful. So I've never had I've never been in the same place long enough, and I've never had the desire to like compromise my life for someone else's. Yeah. Like, I never wanted to be, like, to give up my career or anything so I could stay in one place and yeah. be with somebody. If I've never that ain't met a any- dude, I don't know what is. Right? <laughs> I've, ne- <laughs> I've, never met, I've never met anybody who's made me want to do that. Yeah. And I'm sure I will well, one day. the right person would not ask you to do that. Either. Exactly. So... I, so they may be a mythical unicorn, but they're out there somewhere. Somewhere. I actually just... I just did a gay cruise. Um... That's well, redundant. It, it wasn't a gay cruise. I just did a cruise, and there were gay people okay. on it. It was over Halloween. It was so I much love fun. Cruises. I I'd never, I'd never been on one. Oh, it was so them. much fun. Yeah, they're the best. So I um and I I met a guy on there, and it was the first time. I won't say his name or anything, but it was the we spent the whole week together, and he like he had just gotten out of a relationship, and he made it very clear he didn't want a boyfriend or wasn't looking for a boyfriend, and I was like, that's cool. But at the same time, it was like we were dating for a week. We literally met before we got on the cruise, and we spent every night of the cruise together. I didn't sleep in my room once. And it was so... It was so cool, because it was the very first time in my adult life that I felt so comfortable, and I didn't feel like I had to... Like, usually when I like a guy, 
like that's that whole I like them more than they like mm-hmm. me, and then I don't know how to be a normal person, so I become crazy, mm-hmm. and you overtext, and you stalk, and you just get weird. I yeah. get weird, yeah, and I know that because I don't know how to act like a normal person. Yeah, like I I'm very like, hey, I like you, let's fucking do this. Yeah, I'm not that whole like coy like you don't flirty. Do the game I don't have time. Yeah, I don't any yeah. of that and with this with him there was just none of it yeah none of it, it was so weird because he was like the very first moment he was like hey i like you i feel like and when people like, what? know, know <laughs> like who they too. are i mean you know who you are you know what you do you know where you're headed you know mm-hmm. i mean even if you it's to the unknown you still know where you're going and i think the people that are really grounded in who they are um they make other people quite uncomfortable so especially in the dating world yeah because we are we are raised up from the get-go, boy or girl, doesn't matter, to to play this sort of strange mythology of yeah. love and dating and, and games. And I'm, I think that. people, I come across to a lot of people is very aggressive. Mm. And I am, because I'm very... Because you know who you are. I'm very you know straightforward, and I'm very blunt, and I'm very to the point, and yeah. I don't take no for an answer. Like, I literally need you to be like, I don't like you. And then I'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't pick up. So on... So you're s- slightly delusional too, then? No. <laughs> a little, maybe. I but no. I just don't pick up on subtle hints. I get like it, I yeah. need it spelled out for me right. very clearly. Yeah. Subtlety does not work. Oh, I'm crazy. No. I'm like that show. My crazy ex girlfriend. <laughs> you ever seen that show? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but this guy met me. There was none of that. He he met me halfway. Like I didn't have to chase. He he pursued me i didn't have to pursue him he liked me i liked him it was this weird like so y'all were on the same page we were on the same page and literally in 10 11 years of being an out homosexual man that had never happened wow and it had, it had never happened so easily yeah like it was just it's a it was so fluid auger and, of things to come maybe yeah maybe I don't know, we're, we, we're friends and we keep in contact, we talk, but there's no, and even now, there's no weirdness, there's no... That's good. It's just, it was cool. Wonderful. It was, it, that was another really nice thing that's happened to me recently. And, and I said, and he, I just said to him, I was like, thank you, this is like, this has never happened to me before, and it was awesome. And that's he cool. was, yeah, it was just really cool. So, um, do you still have a few more minutes? Of time oh yeah, talk okay. about me all um, the time. What, uh, in... This day and age, it's funny, you know, people, there's, it's been a crazy hot mess in the oh. politics and all that stuff. <laughs> I'm so happy I'm Canadian. Yeah. And, uh, and for, for better or for worse, it is what it is, you mm-hmm. know, regardless of what side of the coin, you know, you, you, you are on politically. Um, do you personally, I just, I remember the day after the election, I texted so many and called so many of my friends from various you know, various uh, sexual orientation and uh, different religions and different ethnicities. And I said, hey, I'm here for you. Are you okay? Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. And many of them were very freaked out. Have mm-hmm. you have you felt any sort of change? Are you in sort of a microcosm of life where you are always in this really safe, beautiful place? I mean, I have been very, again, I've been very blessed in my life. I've never really encountered any real bigotry mm-hmm. or hatred or... That's wonderful homophobia i mean i've had been called faggot once in a while and that but like i've never been chased down the street i've never been beat up i've like been knock on wood knock on wood yeah yeah. like and i'm very i yeah so i've been very 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 lucky that way and even down here like i don't really i don't really go out here Mm -hmm. like i don't really i don't really like nashville i love working here i love my job i I love all that stuff but like and just the south in itself 
it's not somewhere I plan on living for the rest of my life. Right. But it's hard because I lo- like literally play dance bar is oh so of, much fun. It's well, it's so much fun and it's wonderful as a drag queen because it's so rare, especially in our industry, to come to have a place where you can come to work and you're so respected and you have they like they, we have this beautiful stage and we have this beautiful backstage area with dressing rooms for all of us and it's so professional and we clock in and we get a paycheck every two weeks and like. And they're very good at let, uh, giving us time off if we want to travel for outside gigs. So they're Sounds like a great company. They're an amazing. They're an amazing, amazing company to work with. And they're and especially as a drag queen, it's like it's you usually get paid twenty five dollars a gig, and you get changed in the kitchen or the, the back hallway. Like it's like they give us so much dignity and respect for our art form and what we do. So I'm. That's why I love working here so much, and that's why. And Nashville's not my favorite, but at the same time, it's really nice because I do travel a fair bit. It's really nice to have a quiet place to come home to. Yeah. So I do like it in that way. And it's, it's a good place as far as airplanes are concerned. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very central. Yeah. It's getting everywhere. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. Do you know what's funny? When I saw you perform um, that night, there, of course, were the handful of bachelorette parties and such. <laughs> but one thing that really struck me was... Um, the straight guys who, you know, start out watching and th- there was a guy next to me, in fact, this huge guy with his girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, very muscly, very manly, you know, and he's like just the whole time. And then as the cocktails, you know, as came in, his arms started going down and then, you know, he actually went up and did the, the tipping the thing. The tipping, yeah. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? It's like there's some, I can't speak for all people, but I think for some there's this beautiful release that happens where mm. suddenly they they look at the drag queens and they think, oh, you know, this is this is an art form, or this is beautiful, or this makes me feel pretty, or whatever it is. And then yeah. that bounds. It's so funny, like with straight. I find, I think straight guys are just the funniest people ever. They just make me laugh because they're yeah. just so like, rrr, 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 like, <laughs> yeah. like calm down. Like first of all. And they're just, I love, there's nothing I love more than a straight guy who's just comfortable with himself. Yeah. And is just able to, like, have, come to the gay bar and have fun and flirt with a drag queen or, like, just stop, like, anything. And just, like, it's cool. It's yeah. fine. I, this does not affect my sexuality or who I am whatsoever. I know who I am. And I think that's the most attractive thing in the entire world. I agree. And I just think it's so cool. And I love, I love seeing straight, we, yeah, we get a lot of really cool straight guys. I've never encountered, like, a really rude straight guy at the gay bar. As many times I've been to the show there, I have yet to see anyone unhappy. It's, yeah. It's such a joyful place. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's just so awkward, especially down here, because like, you're like laughing with this people. You're like, oh, you probably voted for Trump, did it too? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, again, <laughs> politics make things much more complicated. I know, uh, I know, I know. And it's just so hard with this election. If it was any other election, you could kind of get past it, but this was such a... <laughs> It was an intense, vile, a, vile year. Vile. Like, People are so vile. And the thing is, they're still being so vile to each other. And I'm, I'm calling both sides out because everyone is being so vile. And at the time yeah. that they're being vile, they're talking about how vile the other person is. And I'm thinking, man, pull the plank out of your eye. Cause I know. But it's it just, so like, nutty. Ugh, I, I just couldn't get... I just can't get past it. Like, how? Like, how if you... Like, how if you know a gay person if you know a woman if you know someone of different ethnicity or color and if you like or love any of these people how could you vote for someone who so blatantly yes was i think people are able to uh compartmentalize i think most the the few people that i know that voted for trump i did not you know but the few people that i know who did they they don't it's it's almost like they didn't look at any of that 
Explain they it. compartmentalize to the the that weird I consider it weird. I'm sure they don't consider it weird. Um, rhetoric of of what greatness is and how it's a broken system, which is true. It is a broken system. Yeah. But fixing it with the same old crap isn't going to fix it. It's a lot more it. broken now. Well, yeah. And so <laughs> it's it's just it's a really there. Um, I read Bill. You know Bill Moyers mm-hmm. is. He wrote a great essay that I just read. I'll, I'll shoot it over to you um, about it all. And the whole time I was thinking, you know, if I'm going to look at the reasoning for all of this, considering what my belief system is and I and how I think the idea of Christ consciousness and, you know, what Jesus would do and all that stuff, I'm not religious. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like... It's so the, the the representation of that voice is so against everything mm-hmm. that we as as humanity is trying to strive for. Yeah. Right. But the one good thing is, it's like it flushed out. You know exactly what people are thinking. Where That's true. I think that is so important because I would rather and scary. It yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> it's like would you rather know? And and be prepared on that way, or would you rather be blindsided? Yeah. So I keep thinking in that regard, like, well, it's like this bird dog that got sent into the forest of America and flushed out all the birds, and some of the birds have poison on their tongues, and some are singing beautiful songs, and you know who all the birds are now, and I, that's powerful. That is powerful, but it's also it's just sad. Like I just got really sad for a minute there because yeah. I was thinking like. This country hasn't gone anywhere. But, it, I mean... It has, it has but it has. Been, but if you look at all the... How I know. racist and hateful. Like, all this hate. But remember, like, too, oh we're goodness. not very old. This country is so young. Yeah. And its people are so young. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Maybe it takes centuries to get there. Who knows? I th- I, it must. It's just... For and me, all I, you can do is be you and be loving and be accepting. Exactly. And that's all I can do. And, and that's all really... And to see, to I, I keep trying, like, I'm going to see myself in another person's eyes. Um, and one of my friends was like, why did you not delete all the Trump people off of your... And I said, because that's not reality. I want to know who everybody is. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have to respect them for their opinions. I don't have to agree with them. And I don't have to think it's right or whatever. Yeah. But I still, if, if I truly believe in the tenets of what this country is founded on then I have to let them have their opinions too. And no matter how much I think it's maddening. You yeah. Know? I respect their right to have an opinion. I do not respect their opinion. I right. respect their... That's exactly it. Yeah. You, you are allowed to have an opinion. Right. I think your opinion is terrible. And I think yeah. you're a horrible person for having that opinion. But you know what's weird? Right I was it. thinking about this. And we're getting off on this tangent. But That's I was fine. thinking about this the other day. Um, I, was, I have deep thoughts in the bathroom when I'm getting ready. Like in the shower yeah. and stuff. And I was thinking... You know, first of all, there's this a, a quote-unquote friend of mine on Facebook, as much as people on Facebook you don't really know can be. Yeah. And this person is very angry and is constantly, for the opposite side of my views, mm-hmm. constantly posting all this stuff. And to me, that's part of the problem, you know. And, yeah. and I was thinking, wow, you know, this person and I grew up, you know, and, and had our lives, and yet we see the world so differently. And what if I had grown up in that family? Would I be like that person Mm -hmm. or would I still find my voice that I have now? And then it got me thinking about, all right, let's pick a terrorist. Some, you know, crazy ass person that's like, I'm going to blow up 
these people because I'm doing it for my skewed version of my religion. Yeah. And then I think, yeah, but if I were that person, would I be, would I be thinking those same thoughts? Well, yes. So I have to see myself. This is what works for me. In order Mm -hmm. to make sense of the madness in the world, I, it's almost like I have to see like that could have been me. I could have had those thoughts. Yeah. And I'm the antithesis of that. And maybe there's just a balance. There will always be crazy-ass, awful people. Always, yeah. Just like there will always be really good people. And every once in a while, the crazy-ass, awful people will turn their hearts and they will, you know, be on the side for good. I just have to keep hoping and praying and speaking my truth without being insulting to the other side. And I think the good thing is, I think it's really going to make everyone band together. I agree. All people, like, more so than ever, I think people are really going to be able to come together against this horribleness. Yeah. They'll have to. I mean, we won't really have a choice. And the horribleness is going to come together and try and... Exactly. Yeah. So it's really going to be It's going to be a fascinating time and scary and yeah, some, it's, some, some shit going to go down. Well, that, I'm thinking, like, I, I'm almost positive he's going to get impeached or assassinated or like something's going to I don't wish death on anyone but something I don't either but and I'm not a big fan of Pence either so it's that's my that's what I'm saying I'm like because like if I just I almost hope he doesn't get impeached because it's going to be so much worse if he does yeah Mike Pence yeah it's it's bizarro times and I I do uh, the people that were so into Trump and again this isn't a political podcast but this is the zeitgeist these are the times we're living in so it's important to talk about it Hmm. but um I wonder, as he starts appointing people that are sort of the same old, same old, you know, after, and, and now he's going, well, thank God he's going back on the deporting of, you know, Muslims. Like, he's, he's yeah. going back on all the promises he made. I'm curious to see how his, his intense defenders are going to take that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah. Because, truthfully, he was a Democrat that funneled tons of money into very liberal things. Mm-hmm. And... Again, it's like, wouldn't that just be the ultimate final act where he's like, surprise! I'm nothing like you guys thought. That would be awesome. So, I don't know. It's going to be... It's going to be interesting. interesting. It just, like, and I was hopeful, like, after his, like, his speech when he won and all that stuff. But then just watching, like, the people he's appointed to his cabinet. Like, I know. His, the, it's uh, the woman he's making secretary of state outed her gay brother to her parents and then refused to see him before he died of AIDS. Like... I have to keep and see it's stuff like I that. I know. Let's stop talking about politics because no, we're okay. just going to get angry. No, no. But see, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's, I keep thinking like, okay, well, yeah, I was listening to a, a Buddhist lecture on uh, on my... Um, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so I was listening to this Buddhist lecture. And I am not a Buddhist. I don't want to identify as Buddhist. But I, I, I find a lot of the tenets very soothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea of nothing is perfect and everything is perfect. I have to keep reminding myself that that yeah. there is a plan mm-hmm. every door it's it's like that happens for a reason yes and so i can't see it mm-hmm. right now and trust me the morning the morning after never in my lifetime have i ever contacted friends and loved ones after an election to ask if people were okay even yeah. if i wasn't behind i didn't vote for w either yeah but i certainly didn't Reach out to people saying, are you feeling safe? Are you scared? Can I walk you to your car when you need, you know... He was endorsed by the KKK. Oh, honey, I know. I the KKK? Like, guys, the KKK. I know, but again, it's car- <laughs> it compart- like It's compartmentalizing. Like, but how? Because... How? I, I know, but like, it just that's what boggles my mind. Like, people, how can you... 
how can you compartmentalize that? I know, but you're, you're coming to it from your paradigm, just like I'm coming to it from mine. So it makes zero sense to us. Yeah. But to people that have already put the boxes and, Mm -hmm. you know, away, it makes total sense that 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 bit is even inconsequential, which I find fascinating. Um, so, and when you said, you know, things just haven't changed that much, I said the exact same. I went to go see Congressman John Lewis speak mm-hmm. here in Nashville. It was so moving and wonderful. And I, I, we were in line. I was thrilled. There was 2,000 people there. It was That's wonderful. Awesome. And uh, there was a, a African-American couple behind me. And we were all chatting as we were moving through the line. And I said, it's such, such a great turnout. I said, makes you really happy. I was starting to feel like nothing's changed. Mm. And the other uh, woman next to me, also white, said, yeah, it seems like not much has really changed. And everybody, and, and I, and I kind of looked to the, to the African-American couple, and, mm. and they, they, I could see them pondering it. And I was like, I wonder what they, I mean, don't they think that we're kind of in the same mire? And then one of the first things Congressman Lewis said was, if you don't think things have changed, just ask any person of color whether or not it's changed and I was like well holy shit there you go yeah because 1960 America versus now yes the poison is still on people's lips mm-hmm. but look how far yeah look at milk yeah. look at how far he brought gay rights yeah. you know I was like there are people out there that are screaming at the top of their lungs and things do change and I have to it will break my heart if I don't believe that. Yeah. It really will. You have to. Absolutely. And I, yeah. I believe eventually things will get better, but oh, what a twist we've taken. <laughs> we're, take, we're, taking, we're taking the side road together. I know. It's all good. And it's, it's, all all like, it's not like Hillary was the savior of the universe. No, of I think she was, she was pretty shady herself. Yeah, but look, whenever you're talking, as you say, when you're talking politics, this country hasn't been for the people by the people in so very long. Yeah. That that's the other comical side of it. If you want to see comedy in it, in the mm-hmm. tragedy, is that everyone that's screaming on either side, you have to kind of go really. It's it's a shit show. Oh, totally. It's a shit show. But I would I would take would her shit show over his yes, shit show. She would have protected a lot more things. It's, yeah. So let's just you know. Let's well, you never know. Trump forward. could end up being a. Uh, a wonderful president. You never know. Could, and I wish that for him. Absolutely. I wish I wish him nothing. I hope nothing but the best for him. And I, I hope... Too, for and all I, of us. Like, he's going to be dragged for four years by the media no matter what. Yeah. But I just... like he, he I wouldn't want to be president, would you? What a horrible job. You know what? I just feel sorry for Melania. She said, okay, I'm going to come over here. I'm going to marry this rich man. I'm going to have this nice... <laughs> and all of a sudden, she's the fucking first lady. She's I like, know. fuck. Well, I, I have to laugh because when you look at their faces when the numbers were coming in, they they looked pretty freaked out. They didn't look like a family that was stoked. They looked no. like, oh crap! She never thought here. this was going to happen in a million years. She's like, I'm going to marry this rich man and get out of Slovenia and live my yeah. life and live. It's good. I'm going to have nice things. And now I'm the first lady. Yeah, I think it's all going to be okay, you know. And oh, I and look, so. you get to be a light in the world as you travel around, and every time you perform or yeah. have a conversation, you know that's spreading love and yeah. it's spreading light, and that's all we can do. Yeah, we need it more now more than ever. Absolutely, so we, we just gotta keep trying to be positive, which is not my strongest suit, but I'm gonna try. You can do it. I can do it. <laughs> 
All right, so let everybody know when you perform at Place so they can come see you. Okay. And, what, and if you're going to be doing um, some traveling, where they can see you, where you're going to be in South Africa. I am. I if perform you know. at Play every Wednesday, um, 11 o'clock. We have a show at 11 o'clock and a show at 12.30. I'm at Susie Wong's every Thursday um, from 6.30 to 9.30 for dinner and drag. I'm at Play every Friday. We have shows at 9 o'clock. 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock, and every Saturday, uh, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and 1 o'clock. I also do occasional brunches at Susie Wong's every Saturday and Sunday. I'm there about uh, two, three times a month, so just check their Facebook page. They always advertise very well the week before. I'm not performing in South Africa at all. I'm just, just going to chilling. have fun. Okay. Um, my next out-of-town gig, I'll be in San Diego and the California area. Um, January 18th to the 23rd. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram. That's the best way to keep up with my dates. I usually post things there. Um, and I'll put all the links on heyhumanpodcast.com. Yes. Um, and my Instagram is at bheights, B-H-Y-T-E-S. Yeah. So wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. This was so fun. It was fun. Uh, I've never yeah. got to like have an interview like this where I just got to talk forever. This is yeah. awesome. I like that. I like that style where people just, you know, and yeah. the, that the conversation will ebb and flow as it will. Yeah. It was life really is cool. like that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye.